is the big ponder. For the past three years, I've lived in a desert city without winters. It's always summer in Dubai, which means a constant stream of tourists, many fleeing from harsh northern winters for the endless sun. We see summer as the months when we live, and winter is almost the months that we ignore. In her recent book, Wintering, the British journalist Catherine May says, we have a troubled emotional relationship with winter. It's almost like we're bracketing three quarters of the year sometimes and and there's still loads of living that gets done in those winter months but we tend to see it as as like almost a compromise this year marks my third and last winter in dubai but at the beginning of another sunny january in the desert one day i noticed an unseasonable shift in the weather clouds arrived the winds began to howl and temperatures fell to unseasonable lows. The plants on my terrace lost their leaves. It was a winter that lasted only a week, and yet I found myself fully slipping back into a wintry state of mind, all made possible with the assistance of a soundtrack album. Turns out I was longing for winter, and not just any winter, but for a German winter, as dark and lonely as the most famous song cycle in Western classical music. Franz Schubert's Winter Reise, Winter's Journey, published in 1828. You can feel the crunch of winter throughout this piece. And it's crunching both the heart and it's crunching his body. Bina Kamlani is a novelist. She's also a Schubert aficionado. When you think of the story of these 24 poems that were written by Wilhelm Müller that Schubert set to music. Winter cycles are within the soul. The journey within parallels the journey through the physical world, going from despair to reflection to the peculiar comfort that only winter can bring. I first learned about Franz Schubert's winter concept album a decade ago while living in Munich. Its lyrics of a heartbroken man's journey across a frozen winter landscape were becoming all too familiar. I grew up in much warmer climates in South Asia and the American South. The northern winter challenged me physically and emotionally. Listening to Winter Rise even now allows any listener to slip back into that particular state and place of darkness echoed by Schubert's extraordinarily spare and precise arrangements for piano and voice. 
So I decided to revisit Winterreise by first rewinding to my own winter's journey through Germany. I began by calling two American friends who still live there. Both are classical singers, and after almost a decade, both have become intimately familiar with German winter. For me, more than like a weather, uh, German winter is a mood, and it's and it's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say. It's January. I'm like looking for some motivation. I'm looking for some <laughs> new energy. People just say it's January in Berlin. Just relax. Like take it easy. Don't have any expectation that you will feel inspired in these weeks. That's Berlin-based opera singer Douglas Williams, and this is Lydia Brotherton, who I met a decade ago while living in Germany. I'm in Berlin. It's <laughs> January 2022. I have my newborn baby Jakob here and um, yeah thinking about Berlin winters German winters well you said the winter in Germany is a mood what is the mood well I think the mood is as you know a kind of sourness maybe and um, grumpy <laughs> and I think that's the mood and I think you see it set in on people's faces outside you know and then you realize in the springtime when things get beautiful and sunny and all this stuff that then you notice like oh the bus driver didn't shoot me a death stare or you know that it's it, people are smiling on the street all of a sudden it's like the whole ambiance of the city becomes much more friendly I mean, I think, you know, it's also in classical music, there's the whole seasonal cycle. And as it became obvious during my Zoom call with Lydia about the music of German winter, the season's frigid temperatures can also create other, more human sounds. We're, we have a seasonal cold over here. Oi, oi, oi. Winter cold. That, um... <laughs> Um, should I start again? So there's this whole cycle of works that, that come around, you know, and, and you can mark the seasons by them. And in my music classes, for example, like, you know, we have lots of songs that we could, you know, theme a whole class around snow and winter and walking through the woods in a sort of barren landscape. The most famous of those cycles is Winter Reise. Franz Schubert finished composing the 24-song cycle in Vienna, shortly before his death at just 31. It has endured for almost 200 years since, as the classic of winter melancholy. A collection of songs for the piano and voice as spare and as heartbreaking as the journey of the unnamed heartbroken man that it follows. The singer Douglas Williams tells me that even in his Berlin neighborhood, Schubert is always in season. Yes, I just saw a poster that a little church down the street is someone, someone is doing it there. So it does get done very often. But it's a depressing piece. It's kind of a downer. So you really have to... Uh, <laughs> 
You have to be willing to go there, I think, and, and take the audience with you. And the audience has to be willing to go. It's heartbreaking. I came a stranger, I depart a stranger. May was good to me with many a garland of flowers. The girl, she talked of love, the mother even of marriage. Now the world is so gloomy, the way is shrouded in snow. The version you're hearing now is a new interpretation, a reimagining of Schubert's songs for indie, younger audiences, a collaboration between the acclaimed singer-songwriter Gisbert Suknipphausen and pianist Kai Schumacher. The whole point was to bring the songs 200 years forward in time <laughs> and to see how people react on a modern version of a Schubert song. The lyrics are talking about the same things like maybe 95% of the lyrics in popular music. It's about love and tragedy and death. And this is very similar to what uh, singer-songwriters sing in our days. The name of the album is called Lass Irre Hunde Heulen, which is a, a sentence out of the song Gute Nacht. Is it like your dogs howl? Is that what it means? Let the crazy dogs howl. Yeah. It's, it's like our version of Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> <laughs> Gisbert Zuckniphausen and Kai Schumacher if they imagine winter landscapes when they perform this music. Is Winter Reise an album about traveling? To me, it's more of an internal traveling and a state in which you sometimes are when you're kind of seeking loneliness, but you don't even know why, just, just because you can't really cope with society at that moment, maybe. <laughs> um... But most of the time, it's, it's for me, it's a, an emotional journey. Yeah. How is it for you, Kai? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely the same. Yeah, so for me, it's definitely an intimate, internal symbol. The writer and editor Bina Kamlani is a fan of Winter Riser. She lives in New York City. She says she's a great admirer of both the music and the literature of Winter Riser. 
The story, in a nutshell, is that a man has been rejected by the woman he loves and hoped to marry. Uh, he's in this idyllic town, and he must flee. He must leave this place. Pain, loss, and longing, which are winter's feelings, fill him. Uh, sorrow, memories, bitterness, the world is fickle, love changes all the time. These crippling feelings of rejection just fill him. Life is unbearable. And these emotions are simple yet powerful. They speak of pain through the prism of winter and winter's landscape. And like every winter journey, whether of the heart or of the body, pain gives way in the end to reflection, to comfort in nature, to the beauty of the natural world. I'm reminded of how this idea of fate is present in so much writing about winter, actually, that it, it is an experience that one cannot avoid. And therefore, as is the case in the narrator in Winterreise, that you have to go into it. You, It's a journey that you are destined to pass through. So there is a almost like a resignation to the fate aspect of that. Again, opera singer Douglas Williams. When the leaves are off the trees, when the green is gone, when the spectrum of colors is gone, there's also a feeling of uh, facing life in a kind of naked and reduced way. And uh, the metaphor is more than a metaphor. It's, it's real for me in that... Uh, there, there's a feeling of uh, aloneness where you confront yourself in this uh, empty winter landscape. Confronting oneself, being forced into solitude, has been a global experience these past few years. Even in a city like Dubai without winters, this has been a prolonged and unexpected season of solitude. As I began to feel clouds descend again on my own moods this January, I heard a radio program about a recent book about winter. Hi, my name is Catherine May and I'm the author of Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times, which came out in 2020. When in 2020 exactly was the book published? Uh, at the very end of November 2020 in the US, but in the UK, funnily enough, it came out, I'd say about three weeks before we went into the very first lockdown. So I had three weeks of talking up about the book in terms that weren't pandemic related. And then after that, everyone's really associated it very strongly with that mass wintering that, that we've all been going through. 
When you set out to write your book, which of course is both personal, but then it becomes this cultural mm. history as well. It, it sort of works in many layers of, of reflecting on winter. Did you seek out kind of those cultures and places and, and, and where winter is indeed kind of confronted and dealt with and absorbed? Mm. Um, you know, I ask that too, because we, we all do know of Christmas season and the holiday season and and at least in America, Mariah Carey plays everywhere and everyone <laughs> has rom-coms that sort of get them excited for, for cozy nights. And, and even even the idea of a hygge, right? Like hygge, the, yeah. the, the sort of Scandinavian idea of coziness and, and warm blankets and all of that. But yet, I don't think that these are ways of thinking about winter that prepare oneself for the desolation of it and, and the withdrawal of yeah. it. So So how did you set out to look at at alternate ways of thinking about winter mm. from these festive ways of thinking about it. Yeah, I, I went out looking for people who were intimate with winter, really. So I talked to people from Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland. Uh, and in the book, I visit Iceland and Norway myself. And I, I kind of kept asking people who got snowed in, really. I was really interested in this idea that there would be these periods of time when you literally were frozen in, that you couldn't really do anything that was like normal life. And I kept asking them, you know, how do you cope with that? And the answers I got weren't really about the time in winter itself, which actually people often saw as quite a cosy time, although, you know, frustrating, but they had strategies to get through that. But they talked to me a lot more about the preparations they made ready for that winter. They knew it was coming. They didn't try to deny it. And so, you know, they did things like preserving foods, like making sure their house was in order, which meant that during that winter season, when everything was so kind of compressed and difficult, they could deliberately have a good time and really make space for celebration of of what winter gave them and they they just had a very different understanding of it to us they respected it more because they completely understood their own limits within that and they were full of all these kind of warning stories about people who had ignored that it was winter and you know crashed their car or got frozen out in the cold so they took it incredibly seriously but also made the best of it and I that balance is quite a difficult conversation to have in our society at the moment. It feels like we're either allowed to be happy in a kind of monotonous way, or we're allowed to be very sombre about danger. And for me, I feel like you find the the sort of truth of human life in that mixture of seriousness and levity all wrapped in together, right? There was a sort of contact with the truth <laughs> the truth of what life is like amongst those people for me well you know what what interested me about um you know this early 19th century piece of music by schubert the great masterpiece of, of winter classical music um is is that it's written in the early 19th century and it is you know very much blending you know the season with a personal loss and with someone who's cast out uh, and and sort of begins with this language of you know I, I came a stranger and i and I wandered away a stranger and so even in your um book, mm. you talk about sort of it's the season of feeling like an outsider, both outside of the self and outside of time yeah. and outside of nature so this notion of a of feeling kind of cast out and um I find that that really stayed with me because I suppose somehow 
we're very uncomfortable in our contemporary time to be mm. outside of things, right? Everybody wants to be in the conversation, in the discourse, yeah. in the moment, in time. Yeah, I mean, we're the era of FOMO, aren't we? Fear of missing out. And I and that seems to be such a compelling emotion for us at the moment. And I think that's perhaps because we're more aware than ever of just how much is going on in the world. And that somehow managed to make all of us feel a little bit like outsiders. And that's a profoundly wintry experience, that realisation that we're not at the centre of the universe, that we're not as important to the rest of the world as we maybe grew up thinking we were. Mm. Well, Catherine, thank you so much um, for your time and for talking to me about your book, Wintering. Um, Catherine May is the author of Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times. Thank you so much. I loved talking about that. Ten years ago, while living in Munich, I fell into my own wintering, an experience for which I didn't at the time have the language or the maturity an old college friend happened to be living in Munich at the same time. Her name is Lisa Overby. Now that you mention it, I can, I remember. <laughs> Lisa quite literally took me in from the cold. I remember dragging my feet across the icy sidewalk to her home for my 29th birthday when she cooked a meal for me and a friend. I was unhappy in my failing internship in Germany, unhappy with the city, unable to speak the language, and felt like I was just falling into an endless darkness. I knew I wasn't myself. No. I mean, I remember that time, and it was so... It was... You were a really different Bilal than the Bilal I'm used to spending time with. So it was clear that you were... That it was a hard time for you, that you were really struggling... And I mean, what year was that? It was twenty. Was it was two thousand twelve. It was yeah. It was it was exactly ten years ago. So crazy. So you were. I think I'd on, only gone through. Maybe that was like my third winter. So I was only. I'd only had a few. I had a few winters under my belt. So I could deal with it a little bit more. I at least just knew what it was. And I don't know. When I think on it, I just. I can remember really just. I don't know, wanting to take care of my friend and feeling really sorry for what you were going through. So I remember we had some nice dinners. I tried to make it cozy for you. I even broke out the Virginia Virginia wine. <laughs> yes, you had Virginia wines out. <laughs> you know. Douglas Williams is another American transplant in Germany. And he says it helps that there is a cafe culture of wintering in Germany that extends beyond Christmas decorations and Christmas soundtracks. I mean, they do things very well here in winter to kind of celebrate the darkness, I would say so. Like, bars are full of candlelight. You'd never see that in the U.S. anywhere. And hot beverages also. Glühwein, heiße Zitrone. But good wine and candlelight are outward means of wintering. They are just expressions of a deeper culture and maybe even a deeper capability for winters, Douglas adds. Broad statement, but I, I think in, in, in the German psyche, if I may say so, there is more of a place to sit with pain and to sit with quietude or discomfort and let that just be there for a bit. Whereas in America... 
yeah, this the winter is really about you you escape to someplace warmer or you have a blast of a weekend on the ski slopes. I mean, I suppose they do that here too in Europe. But but maybe there's more of a place in the German psyche for going inward. But all I think the cultures that we come from also um tend to uh, avoid loneliness. This is my friend Hani Yusuf. She's a writer from Pakistan who I met during my German winter a decade ago. We used to joke at length at the time about how our Pakistani heritage and our clothes hadn't prepared us for the isolation of those winters. And I think for me and uh, forgive me for presuming but I think also for you one of our first confrontations with ourselves and with the necessity of being with ourselves was in Germany because it is it's a culture that values loneliness and desolation isolation also serves as a catalyst for creative work and i think for me the first confrontations with those were in germany when i was living there and so that kind of journey inwards that winter riser to the core of yourself essentially is also an important aspect of any artist's life and have you imported in some of that culture of of the german desolation to your life in pakistan now i i have i've uh, generally imported it into my life no matter where i am was vermeid ich denn die wege die die anderen wandern the version of winter riser you're hearing again is this modern interpretation by composer Kai Schumacher and the singer-songwriter Giesbert Zuckniphausen. Suche mir versteckte Stege durch verschneite Felsen Höhen durch Felsen Höhen durch Felsen Singing these old songs and, and this old melancholy, this old seriousness, the, the old sadness, it just makes me very happy and in the end of the evening i'm just very i feel so cleansed and happy <laughs> because i could get rid of it's some kind of cathartic uh, moment that, that we arrive in the shows i guess it's a similar spirit in some of my songs that i'm trying to cope with my own german seriousness and sadness and whatever and <laughs> hardship of life and you can put that into beautiful melodies and then that's a wonderful thing. The writer Catherine May says there's a forgotten word for that feeling. Um, which is apricity. Have you ever come across that word? I have not, no. Ah, it's the specific warmth of the winter sun. Isn't that lovely? Apricity. Hmm. That is ultimately the message of Catherine May's book, Wintering. That in winter's darkness, there can still be light if we choose to see it. Beauty and catharsis in Schubert's music of winter, if we choose to hear it. Even if we live outside winter. I'm Bilal Qureshi. Einen weiser Sicht, 
This documentary was edited and produced by Oliver Brode of Studio Brode in Berlin, Germany. The album Las Ira Hunde Heulen is by Giesbert Zuknipphausen and Kai Schumacher. The classical interpretation of Franz Schubert's Winterreise you heard is by Jeremy Denk and Randall Scarlatta. It was recorded live at the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston and was released under a Creative Commons license. been listening to The Big Ponder. This transatlantic podcast is brought to you by the Goethe Institute in collaboration with the Bertelsmann Foundation and Rundfunk Berlin-Brandenburg. Thanks to all our friends on both sides of the Big Pond that make this series possible. <laughs>